0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter, at Joe JoeOrico99. All of my fantasy baseball content goes out over there. My articles, my podcasts, I do some threads in the evenings. Everything is over at Joe JoeOrico99, so throw me a follow over there. We are going to be looking back on some of yesterday's top performers. We're going to look at the waiver wire and see the most added and dropped players, We'll talk about some of today's best matchups, and of course, we will look at a couple of two-start pitchers who are worth adding or looking into starting for this week. So we will start off by looking back at yesterday, and I think Tristan McKenzie has a pretty good case to be made as the best performer. He threw eight innings, shutout innings, uh, eight strikeouts, one walk, two hits allowed. Over the last month, he has a 1.99 ERA, and there's actually been a couple of rough starts in there, four earned runs against Arizona, four against Boston. And maybe the strikeouts haven't been quite what we expected from McKenzie this season, but his whip is below one. It's at 0.96. He's got eight victories, 121 Ks in 128 innings. It's still very good. I just think we had some higher strikeout expectations for him heading into the season. Overall, he's done an excellent job. No worries there. No complaints, really, about McKenzie. Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom had himself a really excellent start. 12 strikeouts. One hit, two earned runs, one walk over five and two thirds. He did get the victory, and I-, I tweeted out last night. It was it was a joke. It, it was totally meant as a joke, but it was just I was honestly just trying to see if I could get a rise out of anybody. Pretty much just like pretending to criticize Jacob Degrom yesterday. No one really uh, bought into the bait. I was figuring I'd have one or two angry Mets fans, uh, you know, in my DMs or something, getting mad at me. But I, I, he's fantastic. Like there's really it's just. I think it was just so clearly no one's going to take it seriously because I, I was essentially just criticizing him, uh, but pretty tongue in cheek. He was his slider was ridiculous. He threw 20 sliders. He got 18 whiffs. 61% CSW on it uh, as a whole for the game yesterday. 43% CSW on 76 pitches. He's the best pitcher in, in baseball, and we were kind of worried. What was he going to give us? Is he going to make one start and get hurt again? Well, he's made a couple now. He's looking pretty damn good. I'm all in on him at this point. I mean, we wanted to see him come out here and do it before we were really ready to, you know, be comfortable with him as opposed to just trying to sell him off. And it it appears that he is back. So uh, I'm I'm all in on Jacob deGrom at this point. He's obviously not going to be available anywhere. But if you can acquire him, eh, it's probably going to be too expensive at this point. Nothing really you can do, I guess. Uh, You can try and acquire him. I think it'll probably be pretty expensive. We're approaching trade deadlines now in a lot of leagues over the next week. There's not really so much you can do. If you, if you bought in uh, in preseason and drafted him somewhere, depending on where you, when you drafted, first of all, because you might have drafted early and then had him as your first-round pick or maybe early second and then been kind of screwed this season. If you just drafted him like you know close to the start of the season when we knew he was going to miss time, maybe got him in that 50 to 80 range somewhere, depending on your league. If you manage to tread water to this point, you have a massive acquisition here, essentially, coming into your team. So he is going to win a lot of leagues this season, Jacob deGrom, no question, especially for those guys who drafted late where they didn't have to use the highest pick on him. Uh, He has a good chance of being the best pitcher in baseball throughout the rest of the season. So congratulations if you did draft him. Much better, obviously, if you did one of those later drafts. If you picked him first round, it's likely that your season is pretty much in the toilet at this point. But who knows? Someone like him coming back can really change the course of things. So we will see what happens the rest of the way with Jacob deGrom. Let's talk a little bit now about Jesus Lazardo. He's come back in his two starts and he's looked very good. He threw seven innings yesterday, gave up only one hit, walked one batter and struck out six. His previous outing was five innings, three hits, two in runs and five strikeouts. Now, I was a little skeptical about him after all this time. He looked really good to start the season, and then he kind of fell off a bit, and then the injury. I just I wasn't so sold on, you know, you have to hold on to him. I dropped him in a lot of places where I had him. He's only 52% rostered right now. From what he's shown us since coming back, I think he's worth a speculative ad in any team or any league, 12 teams or deeper. I don't think he's going to be what we saw in those first couple of starts. I think there was like a 12 or 13 strikeout game at the beginning of the season, and it kind of, skewed how we view jesus lazardo i think we were all kind of overestimating what he was going to do the rest of the season but at the same time if he's able to do this uh, pretty consistently anyway then he's going to be worth an ad it, it is worth noting that these two starts have come against the cubs and against cincinnati at home not exactly the greatest offenses but i still think that he is worth an ad uh, pretty much everywhere at this point paul de young he's had himself a pretty decent week yesterday he had a home run drove in four he walked a couple of times I wouldn't really be too interested in an ad here. He doesn't give you so much. I know there's been some people who have added him up today, but for the season, he is still batting 157. Recently, he's been a bit better with a 240 mark uh, over his last couple of weeks. I'm just, I don't know. There, There have been some people who did bite on him today. I'm just not really there yet on him. Probably won't be at all this season unless he really gets hot. Derek Hall hit a couple of home runs yesterday, and he is someone who has looked really good in his first 100 or so at-bats. 103 at-bats, 8 homers, 15 RBIs, and a 282 batting average. 8 homers and 100 at-bats, that's like a 45, 48 home run pace right there. I know that a lot of people were, you know, he got called up around the same time as O'Neill Cruz, and I think it was Ryan Venancio who said, I would rather honestly have uh, Derek Hall, and I think a lot of people gave him some grief for it, but... Eric Hall has been fantastic. The only thing really holding him back here in a standard Yahoo league is that he's only eligible in the utility slot. And, you know, it really depends on your league size. If you have just one utility slot in like a 10 or a 12-teamer, it's going to be pretty hard. But if you're anywhere 12 or deeper and you have multiple utility slots, multiple positions to play around with there, I think that he's pretty damn valuable. The batting average has been really good. The power has been there. Uh, he's batting usually in the middle of that lineup, six or four, uh, between somewhere in those two spots, either, either fourth or sixth, recently anyway. I'm not all in on him, but I think that he is a great power add. There's not that much power sitting out there on the waiver wire. I just want to quickly check on ESPN if he has first base eligibility. He does have first base eligibility over there. He's 3% rostered in both formats. I think that he is someone who is a very interesting add here down the stretch, specifically here on ESPN which I'm not as big of a fan of ESPN Leagues, but he's got first base eligibility there. Uh, I'm not sure how close he is to it on Yahoo, but I would be thinking about making an ad here. Uh, The high average with the power, that's a really nice combination. He's a 15-teamer at this point, but I could see the argument for him in 12s with the right settings. If you have two utility slots in 12s, I'd be a lot more interested there. I think that you can make the argument. Cody Bellinger hit a couple of home runs yesterday. He was three for three. Cody is someone who gets a bad rap, and you know, rightfully so, I think, because we saw what he was capable of. And it's been pretty much, I don't know, he's better than last year. I was going to say it's been all downhill from there. He has been better than last year. His average is much higher. He's got more home runs, more steals, more everything, really. And he's still fantasy relevant. Uh, it's, it would be impossible to say that Cody Bellinger should be dropped in your standard league. He plays for the best team in baseball. He steals. He hits some home runs. Overall for the season, he's the 171st-ranked player in category leagues. It's not going to blow you away. It's not what he was a couple years ago where he was a first-round kind of player. But he's hitting home runs, and he's stealing bases. And most of the time, that's good enough, as long as you're not killing with the batting average. And he's not great, 212, but he does a lot in the run department. He drives in uh, RBIs as well. He's usually at the bottom of that lineup, but he gets on base, and then he has the top of the lineup there to drive him in. I know he's only 80% rostered here on Yahoo, but I think that he is someone who has value. Uh, regardless of league size, now in a 10-team, 3 outfielder, maybe you can find someone better out there. I think for the most part, though, Bellinger should be rostered in every league. I, I don't think that's too much of a hot take there. Uh, he's better than Christian Yelich at this point, for sure. Christian Yelich is someone who, you know, they were compared to. They've been kind of linked, I think, because of that MVP season or the year where they were really close in voting. Yelich has only eight home runs and sixteen steals. I mean, uh, despite the fact that he's actually ranked higher for the season, I'd prefer Bellinger. Not just to—I you know, f- I feel like those guys are always going to be tied together. And when I think of one in my head, I usually think of the other. I, I don't know. I think they're both—they're both guys that you should have on your rosters. And they're—they're they're both disappointing, right? There's—there's there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Yes, they're not as good as we once thought they were. But they're still fantasy valuable players. And I don't know. They both get a lot of hate, I think specifically Bellinger, because he plays in such a large market. And yeah, it makes sense. I just think that people who have dropped him because they're not, you know, they're expecting him to be MVP level, it's just not realistic. What he gives you is still very valuable. And if someone has dropped him in your league because of whatever reason, I would absolutely go ahead and grab him. Let's talk about Tyler Anderson. He threw seven innings last night. He struck out three. He only walked one, and he gave up two hits. Not going to blow you away with the strikeout numbers, but that's a solid lineup there in San Diego, and he shut them down over seven. He's got a two seven two ERA and a 1.00 whip. It's looking like he's going to have some kind of Cy Young down-ballot votes here. I would imagine he'd come... uh, It's hard to guess right now. I'd say probably like... Somewhere in that bottom part of the top 10, 8th or ninth in Cy Young voting, I'd be really surprised if he didn't get some votes, especially now with Clayton Kershaw going down, which sucks because Clayton Kershaw was kind of someone I thought might get some legacy votes here for the Cy Young. He's injured now, but if he had been able to stay healthy and you know have a, a low twos ERA, I thought there was a chance. Now it's not looking likely. I think Tyler Anderson's going to swoop in and get some of those votes here. He's got 13 victories. He's been excellent, and a large portion of that is due to the fact that he pitches for the Dodgers. These victories are massive, but I mean, I can't take away credit from what he's done this season. His ERA is like a run and a half lower, almost two runs lower than what he had last year. Never really had so much fantasy value, but this season he has been, I'm actually curious to his ranking. I think he's a top 30-ish player so far this season. Uh, let me just pull it up here. I had it up a second ago, and I closed the screen. He is the 29th-ranked player in fantasy this season. you got to tip your hat. Tip your hat. I was trying to say hat and cap at the same time. You tip your hat to a performance like that, especially from someone who you were not expecting it at all from. He's already rostered everywhere. There's not so much to say about Tyler Anderson, but really impressive that he's able to get through San Diego. For a lot of the season, I've been expecting at some point he's going to fall off a cliff, similarly to his teammate Gonsolin and Martín Pérez, Miles Michaelis, all those guys who are overperforming a little bit. And I figured, you know, Anderson would be chiefly among the guys who fell off, but he has been excellent all season long. You got to love it. MJ Melendez, he went two for three yesterday. He had a home run and he drove in six. He has been on one recently. He has four home runs in the last two weeks for the season. He has thirteen homers and thirty-eight RBIs. He scored 32 times. He's batting 236. I think that he should be rostered in a lot more leagues than he currently is. He's a catcher with outfield eligibility, which is really rare. He's on 45% of teams on Yahoo at this point. I don't know how many more catchers there really are that are, are that much more valuable than him going forward. Now, yes, the lineup that he is in is not going to be great. It's just, it's, just But it's been like that the whole time, really. I don't think Whit Merrifield really makes that much of a difference in what he is doing this season. The catchers who are better than him, obviously Real Mudo, Smith, Varsho, Contreras, Kirk, Murphy, Christian Vazquez, uh, Salvador Perez. That's, that's pretty much it. Like He's like a 10-team and up everywhere he should be rostered. He has that kind of value, that power mixed with that eligibility. It's a no-brainer for me. I'd be adding wherever I still can, assuming that you will have the spot. Now, if you have already JT Real Mudo or Kirk, or Varsho, or one of those guys. You don't need to be adding him, but he should be rostered in every league that is 10 teams or deeper, as far as I see it. I want to mention Jorge Mateo here as well, because he's someone I talked about in my article yesterday as being a really strong add. He's shown more power recently, along with the speed. And the batting average has been not too bad as well. He hit another home run yesterday. He's up to 11 to go along with 26 steals. Over the last month, he's batting three fifteen. I think he's an absolute must-roster player where you can still get your hands on him. In a lot of competitive leagues, Mateo is not going to be available. But in your standard 10-12 team league, he should be there, uh, assuming you're just you know, talking about home leagues and whatnot. He's 56% rostered here on Yahoo, second, short, and outfield eligible. He's absolutely a guy who you need to have right now. Over the last week, he is the number one ranked player in fantasy, and over the last month, he's the 19th. There's really nothing not to like at this point. I know that the argument against him for a lot of the season has been he's a one-category guy, he gets you steals, he doesn't really do much else. And that was fair for a large portion of the season. And even with this hot streak recently, he's still only batting two twenty for the season. So the arguments have a ton of validity. But recently, he has been hitting with contact, he has been getting a lot of base hits, and power too. The five home runs in the last month, four in the last two weeks, it's something that maybe he keeps up. Maybe he doesn't. The power metrics aren't really there, but you have to take a chance on him at this point. I added him in a couple of leagues over the weekend. Those steals don't grow on trees. They're very hard to come by, especially at this point of the season. A lot of people lost players like John Birdie. Um, Harrison Bader hasn't been doing anything recently. Even Tommy Edmond, who's been healthy, hasn't really been stealing bases for you. Uh, Boba Shett's another one. Like there's a lot of guys we expected to have a lot more steals at this point, and they just haven't done it for us. So, I will absolutely be grabbing Mateo wherever I can. I added him in two leagues. I think that's pretty much it for him uh, availability-wise where I play. If he's still out there, go ahead and add him 110%. Let's keep it going now with the waiver wire portion of the show. We'll just be talking about the most added and dropped players today across fantasy. Keegan Thompson is number one. He gets a start tonight against the Nationals at home. I've been a fan of his all season long. He's been a little bit harder to roster recently. But overall, uh, I really like what he has put out there this season. A 3.48 ERA, decent strikeout numbers that have improved as the season has gone on. Eight victories, and there should be a good spot here tonight to get one against Washington. It's also setting up to be a two-start week for him with the second start, I believe, should be coming uh, this weekend against Cincinnati. It is at Great American Ballpark, but I think between the two starts there, you should have enough value where uh, Thompson will be worth starting. Nick Gordon is also being added quite a bit today. He had a pretty decent series against Toronto this weekend. He went for six hits. He scored four times. He hit a home run and he stole a base. I just don't think he's really a guy outside of deeper formats. Uh, he's, he's okay. I just don't think anything really special here fantasy-wise. He's been on a decent little streak recently, uh, but he's someone who's typically bottom-of-the-order guy. Uh, recently, there's been a couple of games where he's batted fifth, but he's typically like a six, seven, eight kind of guy in an all right lineup, nothing really too special. There's been a couple steals in the home run recently, which have drawn people in, but I think there are a lot better options uh, on most waiver wires than Nick Gordon. Yusei Kikuchi, he's been added quite a bit, and Jesus, I, I'm i just so tired of even talking about Yusei Kikuchi. Really has been a huge disappointment so far this season for the Blue Jays. I, I just I find it hard to say, yes, I recommend him, even though it's against Baltimore, because... He's just been that bad. I mean, he got absolutely shit on by Oakland. Uh, Milwaukee really took him to church. Baltimore, the previous time he faced him, really did not do well either. I'm not interested here. Even though he'll probably do well, I'm I'm not interested. Uh, There's just been too much hurt with Yusei Kikuchi. The upside isn't really there. Even if you were going to add him and he was going to do well, I really doubt that he'd be someone who stays on your roster. If you really want to stream him in here, I guess I'm just, I'm not big on him at all. Having watched him pitch most of his starts this season, he's really just not that impressive. He struggles a lot with his command. The strikeouts are okay, but I'm really not that interested here in Kikuchi tonight. Jose Suarez, he is starting tonight against Oakland. Another guy that I'm not so, so interested in. He's been okay over his last couple of starts. Hasn't given up a run over his last 10 innings, but again, uh, early in the week here, there's a couple different schools of thought. Some people like to use a bunch of their ads on two-start guys. Some people like to save them. I'm, I usually like to use like one ad on a Monday for a two-start pitcher and then kind of save them. And it's, it's usually going to be someone who either has a great matchup or who I'm just a big fan of in general. Uh, Jose Suarez, for me, he doesn't fit any category for me other than the, the good matchup here against Oakland. There's not really any reason why I would be adding him here for the season. Fairly unimpressive stuff. Not much of an offense behind him. Uh, I'm going to be leaving him alone for the most part. MJ Melendez, we talked about him. I think that he is worthy of an ad in all leagues at this point. Maybe if you're in an eight-team league with one catcher, he's not going to cut it. But pretty much everywhere else, he is going to be worth it. That catcher outfield designation is really key. Let's talk about Seth Brown. Because Seth Brown has had himself a very good couple of weeks here. Five home runs over the last two weeks. He's batting 391 over his last 23 at-bats. For the season, he has 17 homers and 8 steals, which is not too bad whatsoever. He's batting two thirty-eight. Again, I think there are better options a lot of the time than Seth Brown in a 15-team league. I think he cuts it. In a 12, I really don't think he does. That first base slash outfield is really nice, but the team around him really sucks. He's been pretty hot recently, but I don't think that we're going to see this sustain over the course of the rest of the season, so... Outside of a 15, I don't think I'm really going to be too interested in adding Seth Brown. Let's talk about Cole Irvin now. I think Cole Urban is one of the more interesting players in fantasy. He pitches for a bad team. He doesn't strike out that many batters. Hasn't won that many games this season, and yet he is 135th ranked player. Over the course of the year, he has a 3.04 ERA and a 1.06 whip. If you look at what he's done recently, his most recent start against the Angels was very good. He's had two excellent ones against Houston. He also did well against Texas and Toronto. This is all over the course of the last month. He has a two twenty five ERA over his last 32 innings. He's won three games in that time frame, and he has a .81 whip. He gets a great matchup tonight in the Angels, setting him up for a two-start week. I am All for an ad here. He's probably the best guy that you can be adding today for a stream. I think him or Keegan Thompson. It's going to be one or the other there. His second start will probably come against those Astros later this week, which is a little bit nerve-wracking, but he's done well against them his last two times, and like very well against them, not just scraping by. Uh, He went seven innings the last time and six innings the previous time, getting victories in both. I think that he should be added in a lot of leagues here today, and even not just for today, I think for the stretch run. He's someone who can be a really solid guy with a high floor. He's not going to strike out a lot of batters, but he's going to go pretty deep into the game, not allow so many runs. He's been a huge asset for your whip. I'm a big fan here of Cole Irvin. Reed Detmer's also been added up quite a bit. He threw seven innings on Saturday against Seattle. He allowed one run. He struck out seven. Over the last month, 25 innings, he has 31 strikeouts and a one-four-four ERA. The only bad thing, and we mentioned it a couple times actually today, is that the Angels are just a poor lineup. They're not going to give him that many win opportunities. But he, just from what he has done recently, he has earned himself onto, I think, all 12 team rosters. Not that many high-level pitching guys, uh, starting pitchers really left on waiver wires at this point of the year. He is turning himself into... Really a good pitcher here. I want to be careful with my language. I was about to say like a great pitcher. I don't think he's a great pitcher yet, but he has been great over these last, what is it? Five starts. Uh, It's five starts in a row now where he's been really good. Still only 50% rostered. He is someone that I would be prioritizing in my ads. If he's still available, let's talk about some of the drops. The most dropped player is cutter Crawford today. He had an unfortunate outing where he gave up five earned runs yesterday. He was the guy I streamed in a lot yesterday because there weren't that many great options. He kind of burned me. He lost me one league. And I recommended him. I recommended him on Friday when I was talking about uh, for the weekend. From what I recall, it was Herman Marquez for Friday, Aaron Ashby for Saturday, and Cutter Crawford for Sunday. A little bit of a mixed bag there. Crawford definitely hurt me. I like what he does. I like his stuff. He's a good pitcher. I just This was more of a stream, and you're going to be sending him back to the waiver wires uh, not much of a question here. I'm, I'm okay with that move. Spencer Watkins, he has also been sent back to the waiver wire. He allowed four runs over five and a third innings on Sunday. He was a stream. Uh, he's had a pretty decent little run of it this this season over the last couple of months or so. Uh, he's a stream. He's not someone who gets a lot of Ks. Uh, pretty poor team around him. He's pretty much you know what Cole Irving has done except with poor ERA and poor whip. Uh, I shouldn't say poor. It hasn't been that bad for the season. It's 4.02, but he's he's not a very appealing fantasy option. There's not really one area where you can say, yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep him for, for X, Y, or Z. There's just not really so much there. I'm okay with a drop. Leody Tavares, he's the next guy who has been dropped. This one was very easy to forecast ahead of time. His BABIP was like 430-something or 450. It was ridiculous. It was obviously going to come down. Over the last two weeks, we have zero homers and zero steals with a 2.16 batting average. He's still on 41% of rosters, but that was 50 last week. Will continue to go down, I would imagine. You probably can't sell him for anything, but maybe you package him up with somebody else. Someone looks at the season batting average at 2.98, and they're maybe willing to give you something for him mixed with somebody else. Maybe. It's, it's kind of a long shot, but if you want to do that before uh, or try to do that before dropping him, I'm not going to give you so much grief for it. Ian Anderson is also somebody who's been sent back to the waivers. In a lot of leagues, he's dropped down to 54% rostered, which is still pretty damn high for someone who's been as bad as he has. But very hard to let go of players that you drafted, I understand. Um, So he was sent down to the minors uh, yesterday or the day before, and they announced uh, same day that he will be back up on Saturday. They have a doubleheader against the Marlins. You'd like to say, yeah, uh, this matchup screams stream. But I, I just don't think you can really recommend it at this point. It's going to be on the weekend. We're getting into crunch time. You need your best performer, specifically on Saturday and Sunday and head-to-head leagues. I don't think I trust him. I just don't trust that he's going to be able to go out there and give me solid production. He hasn't done it at all this season. He had that one good start recently against Arizona and then promptly had a bad one against the Mets. Uh, and you can't really hold that against him because the Mets are a very good team. But just as a whole, he's been awful the whole year. Uh, it's time to move on if you haven't already. We'll reevaluate closer to the weekend what's going on on Saturday once more starters are finalized. But uh, for me, I'm not so interested here uh, in Ian Anderson really anywhere. It It would take a very deep league right now for me to still be holding on to him. Drew Rasmussen, he's also been dropped quite a bit. It was kind of strange yesterday. He threw three perfect innings and then was lifted after throwing 33 pitches. Is this what we have in store? Rest of the season now for the Rays? Are they already going to start this up? Man, uh, I don't really understand. I I don't. People are dropping him because of it, I guess. But for the season, he's thrown 91 innings. He's got a sub three ERA. He's got some victories. He's got six victories, which isn't crazy. But in 91 innings, you'll take that in this day and age. I don't understand it, really. They're going to limit him maybe a bit, but it seems a little extreme to be dropping him already. He's still 61% rostered. Now, if they do this again next time out and he's only throwing three or four innings, then absolutely uh, get rid of him, no question. But for now, I I would still be holding on. Christopher Morrell, he has been dropped in a lot of leagues. This one hurts because I have him on pretty much everywhere. Uh, He sat out Sunday with a hamstring injury, and he's already been kind of on the decline recently, and, I mean, I'm kind of being kind here He's won for his last 25. It's been a very rough stretch. Uh, I'm I'm more okay with dropping him than I would have been a few days back now with this hamstring shit. I don't think it's too serious. couple days off, but he's already been declining. I just said it a minute ago. You need everybody performing to their absolute best of their abilities right now, especially in a league where you're fighting to make the playoffs, or maybe it's a roto league, and you just need every little bit of production He's not really been doing it for you recently. Now, with this injury, I, I'm okay to be dropping him in a lot of places. Uh, as much as it hurts, because I really like what he does, and I like his eligibility. He just There's not so much there. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, he's been dropped quite a bit. He had a pretty decent game. He had seven strikeouts, which for him, it might as well be like a Carry Wood 20-strikeout game. People are still dropping him. I understand. He's really not that great. The 3.98 ERA. Uh, I haven't looked today, but he has been consistently one of the worst FIP, ex-FIP kind of guys this season, ranking in the bottom two or three. The 3.98 ERA is very deceptive. The 140 WHIP is a lot closer to what he actually is. Uh, those 72 strikeouts in 124 innings, very hard to hold on to. Uh, I, I'm totally okay here in dropping him. Aaron Ashby is also someone who has been dropped quite a bit. He had a bit of a rough outing against the Reds, four runs in four and two thirds. He's actually gone down in roster percentage 11% from 39 down to 28 this week. The strikeouts are there. They're always going to be there. Overall, I think he's had some bad luck this season. I'd still be holding on in a lot of cases. Uh, I've picked him up in a few different leagues. I'm not going to be dropping him because of this start. He has a tough one against the Cardinals coming up this weekend, and he's a little bit risky. But overall, he has improved, I think, a lot as a pitcher. Those strikeouts are very hard to come by on the waiver wire as well. So I'm probably going to be holding on where I still can. There's going to be some leagues where you can't. Uh, There's going to be some 10-team leagues, obviously, and even some 12s where he's not going to be a a hold. In 15s, absolutely, he's a must-hold. And in 12s for me, even there, I'd still be holding on where you can. I think that there's a lot of upside. Some people I've talked to have switched him out for a Reed Detmers recently, uh, Braxton Garrett is another one and I understand that move I think that they're all kind of in the same general tier but I would probably amongst those three guys Ashby Garrett uh, you know Detmers even like Nick Ladolo, I would put Ashby at the top of that group personally I really like what he does let's talk about a couple of two-star pitchers now before we get into our matchups today I'm not going to go over every single one because there are some that are very obvious. Zach Wheeler, yes, you're going to be starting him. Shane Bieber, yes, you're going to be starting him. Zach Gallen, obviously, yes, you're going to be starting him. Let's talk about some who are maybe a little more iffy for some people. So Lance Lynn is the first one here for me that's kind of like you see the name and it's a bit of a red flag, and then you look at the opponents and he's facing Kansas City and Detroit. That's about as good of a two-step opportunity as you're going to find there. It really is. He has struggled, but his last start was a little bit better. He's getting, you know, he's shown signs of improvement here, and he's been up to death, not leaving anybody on base. Two of his last three starts have actually been pretty good, and he's been lucky with opponents. Uh, The last three starts, KC, Oakland, and Cleveland. KC in Detroit is who he gets this week, and absolutely I would be using him. He's 83% rostered in Yahoo leagues. If he is still sitting on your waiver wire or someone dropped him because of how poor that he has been recently, it's understandable, But I would be adding him up at least four this week. See what kind of value you can get against some poor opponents. We can't forget, or can't fully forget, there was a good chance Lance Lynn, if he didn't get hurt at the end of the season last year, was going to win the Cy Young. I think he had the lowest ERA, and he didn't have quite enough innings to qualify for the ERA title. But he's not done yet. He's missed most of the year. He's still in his ramp-up period, I think. Uh, This week should be a great piece of low-hanging fruit for you guys to grab onto if he is still available in your league it's not going to be a ton definitely not going to be a ton of leagues like I said 83% rostered if someone dropped him a lot of people have dropped him people in my home leagues a lot of them have been dropped or a lot of he has been dropped in a few in a lot of them I should say Jesus I would be picking him up wherever you still can there's still going to be some leagues out there where he is available Let's move on here to Alex Wood. He gets San Diego and Pittsburgh. This one is a little bit iffy, but for me, it's still going to be a start. He has shown much improvement over the last, really over the last month or so. In that period, he has a three two five ERA with a 1.01 whip. This week, it's a little tough, the first one. Sure, San Diego is a tough opponent, but I wouldn't be not starting him because of that. He's still available in a lot of leagues. I think he's 54% rostered on Yahoo!, That start against Pittsburgh alone should be enticing, but the fact that you get to add to the counting stats, potential for two wins, you know, you're probably going to get 10-plus strikeouts out of him this week. Wood would be, (laughs) Wood would be. He is a target of mine. He is absolutely going to be a target for this week. We're not so rich in the two-start pitchers for this week, really. Those are the two that I have my eyes on in terms of, you know, guys who aren't going to be so, so obvious. We talked about Cole Irvin as well earlier. Angels in Houston. I think that one is a pretty decent bet as well. Uh, Keegan Thompson, we also mentioned Washington and Cincinnati. Other than that, either the guys are so obvious, you don't really need to talk about it. Like, you know, uh, I mentioned them earlier, Bieber and Wheeler and Chris Bassett, and Zach Gallon, and those guys, or they're going to be guys who are just, you know, Kyle Bradish, Tampa and Toronto kind of thing. You don't even really need to get into it. So I would prioritize Lynn if you can still. Alex Wood as well. I think that Alex Wood is really undervalued out there. Uh, Those are the main ones that I'm going to be targeting. Let's talk about the best matchup of the day now. For me, it's going to be Blake Snell and Alex Wood. It starts at 9.40 p.m. Eastern time tonight in San Diego. They've both been quite a bit better recently. I was about to say particularly Wood, but particularly both of them. Snell has three straight starts where he's allowed one earned run or less, going at least five innings in all of them. He's kept the walks fairly low, only three in that time. Previously, he had been walking like at least two or three batters a game, so it's good that he's getting the control a little bit better. We just talked about Alex Wood. He's made a lot of strides this season. He's also been very unlucky this season, so I'm going to be really interested in this matchup, adding Alex Wood if possible, even though it's a little bit tough. I got confidence, and I think you guys should too, in what he can bring the rest of the season. That will wrap it up for us today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show leaving a five-star review is the best way to make me happy the second best way to make me happy is to go follow on Twitter at Joe 99 all of my content goes out over there every day you're getting something whether it's articles uh, threads podcasts a lot of days you're getting a couple of each or a couple of combined out of that group there either a podcast and an article or a thread or whatever you're usually getting some combo of those uh, at any given day so Check it all out on Twitter. Follow Ethos Fantasy BB as well for our other baseball content, fantasy baseball content. It's going to be ramped up more and more starting really any day now. And then as we head into next season, uh, we'll bring on a lot more writers and whatnot to really augment the product. So hope you guys have a great day. Hope you use your ads wisely. And we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody.